live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Eleven minutes after eight on Wisconsin's Morning News this Friday morning, and just reminding you off the top of the show, you can watch the radio now. Our video live stream is hot. We are on the air. So you can stream anything that we do here in video, WTMJ.com, on our mobile app, the WTMJ YouTube page, and all our social channels as well. So look for the watch while you listen button. You can have we now have a listen live here or a watch live here. So uh, I'll spend a little bit more time on it later in the show, but just wanted to make you aware of that off top. If you want to access the video stream, it is there for you. I see you got, different. A, you got a new haircut. I did not. <laughs> right, Tell us, are you doing anything different? Not really. I was going to say, I think we look the same. Hey, but I want to start with uh, the new information, and, we, and we've hit this a number of days in a row here, but there's been new stuff each time. New information on our national intelligence leaker. Jack the... Dripper, because he leaked, you know what, I, I am ashamed to admit it took me a little bit of a while to figure that out. Like, why are they calling him Jack the Dripper? <laughs> oh, because he leaked the documents. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. I'll keep you my dirty little secret. Okay, so where to start? You want to start with just him? Jack the Dripper? Here's well, what we... Yeah, okay, but everybody knows what we're talking about here. Yeah, so this is the guy... Who is 21 years old, Air National Guardsman from Massachusetts. He could be facing a long prison sentence because he leaked a whole bunch of information. Today, the Justice Department arrested Jack Douglas Teixeira in connection with an investigation into alleged unauthorized removal, retention, and transmission of classified national defense information. So this guy, Teixeira... He believe, he's now accused of posting images of top-secret documents on Discord, which is a fringe chat server. Usually gamers jump on there. They have their own little individual chat rooms. So he befriended some other gamers slash in this one little chat room area and was sharing information. I talked to my son about Discord because he's on it, but he's on it with his buddies. So you create, if this makes sense to you, like... On your phone, you might create a text message group, so maybe your siblings or family, yeah. or maybe a bunch of people at work are all in that same group, and then you text messages to that. This is a platform for people within a certain group to communicate. The Washington Post interviewed a teenage member of a small chat group on Discord who said the leaks began with text messages quoting from classified documents. And then, when no one seemed impressed, photographs of the actual documents. It would appear as if he sort of grew angry with the fact that only one or two people were paying attention to these documents that he was pouring his heart out into. And as a sign of just anger, he just decided to post the full documents. Yeah. So he just decided to do this. This wasn't motivation for shining light on a problem or believing that the U.S. military was doing something wrong or anything like that. It was done because of bravado. The motivation was bravado, not ideology. Wanted to impress some of the literal teenagers in his chat group with all right. this information that he was stealing. And then what's more was apparently shocked to discover that these 17 year olds who were just playing video games with him weren't all that impressed. <laughs> okay, dude. I don't know. The guys always talk about like the military and stuff. Like very like hyperactive kid. And he wants to like tell people, like tell everyone everything all the time. 
keeps talking about like the Ukraine and like I don't care about the Ukraine. Right? Can you imagine? Like, look, take your average teenager. Like, they care mm-hmm. about any of that, and so that that bothered him. So, so then that's what motivated up. him to throw all this other stuff out there. And helping catch them and helping journal, like Washington Post and New York Times. Part of the reason why everyone was able to hone in on him so quickly is because when he was taking pictures of his documents, there'd be like just a little bit of the kitchen counter. <laughs> that he also took a picture of. So you'd see the granite countertop. You'd see the kitchen tile floor. And they were able to piece that from other pictures that he had posted or others had posted from his family that showed that same tile. Man, that's out of like CSI. Did they go back and say that type of tile is only available from <laughs> yeah. this distributor in right. South Texas? And they, you know, then you get the list of people who got it during this time to that time. <laughs> right? So now, you know, this guy is going to go away. He's in custody. He faces charges. Doesn't look good for him. Pentagon is scrambling now to figure out how to make sure this doesn't happen again. Meanwhile, there are some who feel like this guy could be a hero because he is shining more light on some of what the U.S. does overseas. Well, I think that's something that I'd like to hear more from people on. 855-616-1620 is the WTMJ talk and text line. 855-616-1620 if you want to sound off. I think that's a, an important debate to have. Because we have whistleblowers, and from time to time we celebrate whistleblowers. And sometimes they're blowing the lid off of top-secret information that ought not to have been top-secret. And sometimes we catch our own government acting against the interests of its people. And that's why we have protections for journalists. That's why we have protections for leakers. And obviously we're in the business of sometimes sharing secrets that other people don't want known. So it would be entirely hypocritical for me to suggest that you ought never expose secrets like this when we're in the business of doing that that said not all these leaks are created equal and you know i mean i stumbled on tucker carlson last night on fox news and you know i have mixed feelings about even going back there because of some of the credibility issues that i have with carlson but i just think it's important as a quick aside here for all of us to consume news from various different sources so i get a little of fox i get a little of cnn i get a little of msnbc and i try to you know Filter through all those voices because they're all part of our American conversation. But he was going off on the media, saying the media is celebrating the capture of this kid. And I'll just read you one quote. He says, telling the truth is the only real sin. Now our news media exist and have constitutional protection precisely in order to push back against this grotesque standard. Their only job is to tell the truth. And yet tonight, the news media are celebrating the capture of a kid who told Americans what's actually happening in Ukraine. They're treating him like Osama bin Laden. It along, you know, that's kind of the theme right there is like, why should we celebrate the capture of this kid? I keep calling him a kid. He's what, 21, 21. 22? Right. Yeah, essentially. Why are we celebrating the capture of him when he exposed for Americans the true story about what's happening in Ukraine or various other things? And I guess I, my pushback on that is one, again, like the Snowden stuff that was released was the NSA is spying on its own people. I thought that was that was an entirely legit leak. And that's information that we should know. But I make room for our government acting on our behalf to keep some secrets from us. And I think what you have here in this kid is a kid who is showing off for his buddies. This isn't some sort of patriot who blew the lid off of some international scandal or something where our rights and privileges as Americans were being violated by our own government. He just posted a bunch of stuff to be a clown. He was still like a kid on the server. He was a good kid. You know, he's mid to late teens, and uh, like he was, he's always active. 
<laughs> I acknowledge there have been true patriots in our in our history who've put themselves at risk, their families at risk for the information that they have learned and chosen to share. And that in many cases, that's benefited the American people and was the right thing to do. I just don't think this is one of those times. And I don't think what he shared helps anyone. And honestly, if you want to wrap yourself in the flag of patriotism, this could put our men and women in the military at risk. We're there supporting Ukraine on that front, either directly or indirectly. And if you look at some of the documents, apparently more directly than we were told. But it could put some of those various people at risk because of the information that was put out there so recklessly. I don't see the kid as a patriot. I think he's a clown, and I'm glad he's caught. 855-616-1620 is the WTMJ talk and text line. We'll take your calls right after this. Eight twenty three in Wisconsin's morning news. While I make room for the fact that throughout our American story, there have been brave people who have exposed government lies, government secrets that we did have a right to know and that those people should be celebrated. They put themselves and their families at great personal risk and they expose wrongs in the world. I don't think this is one of those cases. This 21 year old who leaked a bunch of government secrets, including military positions and things like that. I don't think the kid's a patriot. I think he ought to be prosecuted. 855-616-1620 on the WTMJ Talk and Text Line. Let's see, from the 414, I'm all for whistleblowers when they're exposing something wrong. However, in this case, this isn't anything the U.S. is doing that's terribly wrong. This will likely cost Ukrainian hundreds, if not thousands, of lives. Here's another one from Colin Vince. It's called treason. Call it what it is. This could have cost lives and still could. And then there's this one. Why does a National Guardsman have access to top-secret documents? That's also a very good question. By the way, the Pentagon now restricting access as we speak. Oh, good. Right. Now. If if this exposed (laughs) anything, actually, it may help us in the long run in terms of that. Let's tighten it up over there. 855-616-1620 is the WTMJ talk and text line. Uh, Let me bring Kurt in here from Tosek. Morning, Kurt. Morning. Um. My opinion is, uh, like yours, uh, this kid should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. He's not a patriot. And uh, it just boggles my mind that somebody that took an oath to uh, be a soldier in our military to defend us and, uh, you know, would do something like this. And then, you know, the last point that you just reiterated was, how the heck did this kid have access (laughs) to that kind of information? Yeah, good points. uh, it, 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 that that's what scares me more than anything. And if this kid's got access to it, you know who the heck else has taken this kind of information? Is you know what I mean? It's just it's 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 just absolutely mind boggling. Kurt, that's thanks for the call. Fun. Yeah, that's, that's a great point too. You think about that, like okay, this guy posted it to prove it, and and for bravado purposes, they think likely. What about those that didn't post it that just took the stuff? Right, and where is that? And God now? knows where it is now. Right. I mean, we're having a debate and a legitimate one about classified documents that ended up at President Trump's place in Mar-a-Lago, at President Biden's garage, at VP Mike Pence's place. Who knows who else has got stuff, right? But they actually had a right, maybe not to possess those documents, but to see them. Here's a 21 years old with world, with secrets that have a global impact. Why is he even having access to that, much less the ability to take it out of there? Let me bring uh, Mike in from Illinois. Morning, Mike. Good morning, guys. How are you? Uh, good. What do you think? 
Yeah, well, I, I can't add much more than what you've said and all the texters and other callers have said. Um, it's, it's beyond me that someone in the military would do that. Um, I know we don't know exactly his motivation, but it doesn't seem like it was anything for the good of our country. Um, like you said, the only good thing that could come out of this is that we could, you know, maybe find some breaches in our security so that doesn't happen again. Yeah, right. Thanks. That's amazing. Thanks for thank you, Mike. Uh, yeah, thanks for exposing that. I guess you did us one favor there. Isn't it funny that we? There's just that that assumption sometimes that okay, well, that's light, that's locked up, that's tightened up in there. You know, right. there, there that's what be I believed. Right. Hmm. You'd think it'd be impossible to do that. From the 414, how can you blame the National Guardsmen for leaking the info that the Pentagon should have had sealed and untouched? If you ask me, <laughs> the enough. Pentagon's fault, not the National Guardsmen. Absolutely. There's plenty of blame to go around. Now, whether or not you know, the Pentagon is criminally liable for what went on here is a separate issue. I mean, the kid still did what he did, and he was the actor in this case. But I definitely agree that one thing that was exposed here is some terribly lack security and chain of custody for these really important documents. Right. 827 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Yeah. 830 on Wisconsin's Morning News. We'll mention it one more time here. We are streaming video now from our studios here at the Avenue. These are uh, super HD cameras, so it's real high quality, but it's not the same as you would expect from a TV newscast. You know, what you does were, that mean? You and I were talking about that before. I mean, when, when I did TV and I anchored the news, like you addressed the camera. So I would speak into the camera. Okay. So that as as folks were watching at home, it'd be like I'm talking right to you. Mm-hmm. This is still a, a largely audio presentation. We're going to have, as we grow into this, more video elements. So it's, it's definitely going to be highly watchable. Yeah. It's just we're kind of in here doing our thing. If you want to see what that looks like, then you click on our app. There's a watch live button now, WTMJ.com. We also have a YouTube page for WTMJ. You can access us in any of those forms. Put us up on the big screen. That's cool. (laughs) The YouTube TV, just throw it in there. Why not? Tell your friends. But for real, why not? Why not? One thing they used to tell me all the time when I was on TV and we'd have like coaching sessions, every coach I ever worked with said, we want you to be more like radio. Like be more conversational. Just talk to people. Isn't that funny? Yeah. So what, you, what else do you need to know? Tausch asked if we changed our wardrobe. I haven't. I largely I have dress yeah. like how Same. I normally dress. I mean, I'm not in here wearing a suit, but... I feel like we need to spruce up the studio a little bit. We absolutely should. There's stuff all over this. We're only in here six months. <laughs> so we should be more cognizant of that. But uh, in terms of wardrobe, probably largely what you're used to. I suppose we could be more deliberate about that. Like if it's a big Brewer's Day or a Bucks Day or whatever, wear our gear. I've never been a big fan of that. Just I kind of wear what I wear. Also, I think one thing that people will notice if you watch us, like there's a lot of moving around in here because you're busy when, when somebody else is talking sometimes. Not, right now we're in a conversation, Eric and I, so we're eye to eye and I can see Pancake in the back and we can signal each other and all that stuff. But you know, occasionally if we're in a large tape piece or something like that, we got to work. We're always working on the show, on the next segment, on the segments later. So it looks you like just you're booked not another guest for us. Right? right. It looks like we're not paying attention. It's we are and we aren't. I mean, you got a half a year to it. <laughs> right, yeah. But there's more work to do. We're on the air for right, four right, hours. You can't just have on. that idle time. We're always working on that next segment. News so, is fluid. So it's all it's all happening. It's very exciting here. And you too can be a part of it. Speaking of happening right now, downtown. <laughs> The unveiling of the 414 banner at City Hall. WTMJ's Finn Askin is there. 
It's going very slowly. <laughs> so you have the four and the one. The banners. Oh, this is the banner coming down yeah, right as we, down as we speak. Up to almost all there now. And now it's 41. There it is. So there's actually a fairly decent crowd there. They're offering up some free food and coffee and whatnot there. So city workers enjoying some time outside city hall nice. right now. Eight thirty nine on Wisconsin's morning news this Friday morning. I don't know, Eric. Few things that we've talked about on this show have yielded more reaction than when we talk about the new public museum and what people want in there, and specifically what they don't want to be erased from, from the current museum. Yes, exactly. And and I'm among them because I have a great attachment to sure. our Milwaukee Public Museum, one of my favorite places in all the world. Well calling it the, quote, spiritual successor to the streets of old Milwaukee. We have learned some new information about one of the Milwaukee Public Museum's galleries that will be part of the new $240 million attraction that's going up just north of Fiserv Forum, set to open in 2026. And this is the one that we've been waiting for. This is the announcement uh, that's set for 9.30 this morning, but I can give you a little bit more sourced information from contacts that I have at the museum who shared some things with me ahead of time. This is the one that will most closely mirror our beloved streets of old Milwaukee. And so here's one of the designers speaking specifically to that. We took our inspiration from the streets of old Milwaukee, which is a very powerfully nostalgic exhibit for so many people. Um, we wanted to take the nostalgia and the legacy of that exhibit forward into an equally immersive experience, multi-sensory experience. You keep hearing that word immersive, and you're going to hear more of it at 930 this morning. What they mean by that is, you know, one of the things, like the streets are right now, like European Village, where you go in and you're inside it. Surrounded by. Yes. All around you. You feel like you're on a streetscape. Yeah. And that's exactly what they're building here. And I'm so glad, because that's what we all wanted. And I think even for those who are willing to accept, okay, we can't have streets of old Milwaukee just lifted up piece by piece and drop down into this new facility. And the museum was always saying that that was never going to happen. But we wanted that. Mm -hmm. We wanted that mm -hmm. experience yeah. for our kids and for our grandkids. And so this is going to be that. And it looks like, based on the sketches that I've seen, based on what people are saying about how they design the space, this is going to deliver. So you'll have a downtown area. And if you want to follow along with us, we do have some of those sketches up right now at WTMJ.com. Text the word MUSEUM to 855-616-1620. MUSEUM, 855-616-1620. And we'll give you all the sketches that, that I am privy to at this point. But it looks like there's a downtown area, sort of a commercial district. And it, the facade is a little bit more contemporary. It's not old. But it has old elements to it. So you'll see a building and you'll walk in. You'll have more opportunity to walk in stuff, unlike the streets where most of those right now are, are blocked off. You can just peek in the windows. Sure. More opportunities to walk inside places. And in there, then, that's where you'll go back in the history of perhaps this building or this street corner or famous Milwaukeeans who came. Um, they are going to have a custard shop. I don't think you can actually buy custard there. But one of the shops here in the downtown district will be the custard shop. Mm -hmm. And they're going to explore. So it's not just, oh, look at that, they're making custard. How do they get the eggs here? How do they get the milk here? Where does that come from in Wisconsin? Where are the products coming from? What's the process? And you'll have an opportunity to learn about that. 
Another thing they have is uh, they're going to look at the at the brewing industry. We want to understand why beer, why here? Why was it Milwaukee that the beer industry flourished? We're going to be encountering artifacts, historic artifacts that tell the story of the German and Polish immigrants who brought their traditions here, but also the story about a place that flourished on the nexus of riverways, of a lake, and of agricultural land that enabled the barley and the wheat, um, the fresh water, uh, and the hops to grow here to, to support a beer industry. And Boy, that could be its own exhibit right there. Right, it sure could, like a museum in and of itself, right? So that's Helen Diviak. She's with Think Design. They're the company that's working to build out the inside of the future museum. And, the, you know, again, you hear her hitting on those themes of let's take this beyond just we peek in the window and we stare. Like, what else, What what what's the rest of the story that we can learn? And then as you move into, and I should point out, too, this is all happening at, like, a Milwaukee sunset, and so it's sort of like a twilight. So the lights will be on. Street lights are on. Okay. Right? So it's going to have a really warm feel to it. And then you move from the commercial district into a neighborhood. We turn the corner into what should feel like a, a really regular, familiar neighborhood. But what's not so regular, familiar is that, again, you're getting all these reveals. You're getting all these sneak peeks. What's under the streets? What's behind the windows? What's behind the curtains? So what she meant by that is she said, for example, you're in the neighborhood and the, you, there's going to be a toilet flushing. But we don't just stop there. Oh, I could hear the toilet. You can look under the street then in some way. And I don't know exactly how they're going to do this, but they'll show like the steam pipes and the plumbing. Mm -hmm. And where does this go? It goes to the treatment plant and there will be an explanation of that. So everything is connected here in this space. So beyond just walking around and saying, oh, isn't that cool? You really get to experience a lot of these things on a different level. What about deep tunnel? You know, walk in deep the tunnel? Deep. I don't, why not? <laughs> That could be a museum in and of itself as well. <laughs> I've been in the deep tunnel. Do you know that? I know. And they were I'm, building that thing out. I'm envious. I've never been inside. And lastly, I'll mention they're also going to have a candy shop, which in they the streets of old now, Milwaukee right? is right. One spot where the kids are like, I can go in this. And yeah, and you can spend money. Get a gumball. <laughs> That's right. So we'll have old timey candy and modern candy in the candy shop. This is Milwaukee Revealed. More information at 930 this morning. But if you want to see it for yourself first, 855-616-1620. Text the word museum. That belongs in a museum. So do you. We're going to polka tonight. Yavol. Ten minutes before 9 o'clock. And the Bucks open their NBA championship run this weekend at Pfizer Forum. we got a 4.30 tip Sunday afternoon for the Bucks. We know we'll play either the Heat or the Bulls, still yet to be determined. A couple hours from now, we're going to hear from the city and from the Bucks. They're going to detail their security plan for in and around the Deer District during the playoff run. Because as wonderful as it has been as a gathering place, we have had a couple of incidents, multiple occasions, where shootings in and around the Deer District have spoiled the party. Uh, and created a lot of concern about safety in our downtown area. So we want to get a street-level view this morning. Hans Weissgerber is with us from Old German Beer Hall on 3rd Street, now MLK Drive. Good morning, Hans. Guten Morgen. Hey, great to have you with us. I just wanted to ask you, because uh, you know, we've been talking about this, every time we talk about big events at Pfizer Forum, we say it's great for the, all the bars and the restaurants. It's so great for them. It's so great for them. How much better is life for you and for your business if the Bucks make a deep run here in the playoffs? Well, first of all, congratulations to the Bucks on securing the number one seed and getting into the playoffs. And I think everybody in our community, bar owners included, are excited about it. And are there opportunities for us to have enhanced business and more business being close to the Pfizer Forum? There are. But those, those same opportunities 
were there when it was a different building called the Bradley Center. And the difference between the Bradley Center and the Pfizer Forum is the Deer District itself. And so, um, you know, we didn't have the Deer District when the Bradley Center was there. What we had was the Old World Third Street Entertainment Area. And um, in that format, it was people coming to the Bradley Center with tickets. They had tickets to go see the Bucks, or if they didn't have tickets and they wanted to be nearby and part of the scene, they had to patronize a local business. Um, it wasn't this big free watch party scene, which has inevitably led to problems. Well, or beyond, right, a stand out on the street and just hang out scene. Well, and that is part of the problem, right? I mean, even the Deer District itself, and even when the Bucks were, I think they, they claimed 70,000 people showed up for the finals, um, the Deer District can't contain that many people. And so when it's being advertised as a free event, no tickets needed, just come on down, at some point, the Deer District reaches its capacity, and those people spill out onto the streets looking, not looking to spend any money. They're there for the free, okay? And so then they end up... Maybe in our bars, unless we're for, last when they went to the finals, we were forced to charge cover. We don't want to charge cover. We just want people to come patronize our business. But we had to because people were filling up our bar just to watch TV um, and not spend any money. And and the unfortunate truth about a lot of those people is they're the ones who start the fights and 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 cause problems. Um, so at some point, there has to be a level of responsibility from the Bucks owners if you're going to invite all these people downtown you're not just responsible for what happens within this fence they've put up. And by the way, it's up again. And I'm interested to hear how it's all going to play out because it looks like a demilitarized zone. It's concrete Jersey barriers, chain link fences. Um, doesn't look good. Um, so I'm curious to hear what they're actually going to do. What is your expectation as far as making things safer? Are there some anecdotes, nuggets or anything you expect? I think if you want to look at the gold standard for event management in the city of Milwaukee, it's Summerfest. And over the years, Summerfest has taken a broader responsibility for what happens on the streets going into the third ward and in, in the direction of downtown. And um, it has made that a better event. The Bucks need to do the same thing. Um, you know, whether, and it goes a little bit beyond security. It's the overall experience. If you're bringing you know, tens of thousands of people downtown, you need to have adequate sanitation, trash collection, porta potties. When you go to Summerfest now, there are porta potties scattered along the intersections far beyond the boundaries of Summerfest. There's enhanced security presence beyond the boundaries of Summerfest. Um, all of those types of things are, are really about responsible event management, and that is the Bucks' responsibility, the ownership of the Bucks. It's their responsibility. Talking with Hans Weisgerber, Old German Beer Hall there in downtown Milwaukee in the shadow of Pfizer Forum. Hans, do you feel you have a working relationship with the Bucks and with city officials on these issues? Um, uh, that's, a, that's kind of a mixed bag, I would say. I wouldn't say it's the greatest with the Bucks. Um, they occasionally will host a meeting. They did right after the issues we had with the playoffs last year and committed to having additional meetings with the neighborhood on a regular basis that did not ever materialize. Um, you know, there, there's been one recent uh, meeting that they had with the neighborhood, but in between there was a lot of runway in between to address these things and, um, you know, and, and have true community engagement that were one. And I think something else that should be pointed out is the bucks have left the downtown business improvement district. They've pulled them. They legally pulled themselves out of, um, 
of bid 21 and created their own bid that serves them, not the greater downtown Milwaukee area. So kind of the sense that they're in it for all of downtown and for all of the community around them, it just doesn't feel like it's the case. Hans Weisgerber, Old German Beer Hall. I hope it's a profitable, enjoyable, and uh, safe run for you and for all those businesses down there, Hans. Sure appreciate you. Thank you very much. Go Bucks. Yeah, tschüss, bis später, mein Freund. 8.56 on Wisconsin's <laughs> Morning News. on Wisconsin's Morning News. Dee Scafidi joining us here before he takes the wheel at 9 o'clock. You know the other thing, we've been talking about safety and security, Steve, in Deer District and the surrounding neighborhood. And what time is that event this morning? There's a news conference. Uh, 10.15. Okay, so you have the city, you'll have Bucks officials, Department of Violence Prevention talking about their expectations, their security measures. You know, if I were the Milwaukee Bucks, they won't, but I would also directly appeal to the people in this community whom they've worked very hard to help. And you can say, well, these billionaires got taxpayer money for Pfizer. Fine. Fair debate to have. Not my point. The Bucks have invested in this community. They have. And through the Bucks Foundation, they're out there building basketball courts in neighborhoods all over the city. They're in MPS schools. They're trying to make the place better for Milwaukee youth. And I would love to hear the Bucks come out and say, don't make chumps out of us. Okay, we're trying to help. We're trying to do good things in this community. Don't come down here. If you can't leave your house without your gun, don't come down here. Don't leave your house. 100%. They're, what have they done wrong? Right. They've invested in the community. You, you mentioned all the ways they've, they've been a player in all of, the, all of the major stories that we've dealt with over the last few years since they built Pfizer Forum, since the Bucks are, are a real player in the NBA. What have they done wrong? Right. They spent a lot of money doing all those things, and they're rewarded with nonsense. Right. A Don't f- ruin this for us. Right. A few fools that want to disrupt something that's that's a celebration of Milwaukee, probably no more important than on 414 Day. So knock it off. <laughs> and a happy 414 Day to you. Happy 414 yeah. Day to you. See, I was in a great, is, I was in a see, positive, fun mood. So and Toronto. This has been on my calendar all year, <laughs> looking forward. To oh, so you're one of those. You're one of those guys that doesn't care, right? right. Yeah, nah, whatever. You say that stuff all the time. Well, I don't care about soccer. <laughs> I didn't say that. What did I say? I didn't care about soccer. What day is it? There's a day you don't care about. You've told me this. The the, the may may the force be with you. Day May Fourth. That's oh, stupid. Oh, oh, that's stupid. Hey. I knew because I said it because Vinny's here. <laughs> <laughs> Happy forward. You can hey. get worked up about this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I I don't overdo them. Like I'm like I was just joking with with Joseph Pecky, who's going to be joining me in the studio at nine o'clock hour. I don't get all worked up about, uh, you know, I wouldn't make this a topic like, hey, tell me your favorite thing about Milwaukee today. <laughs> okay. No, we're not going to do that. It's fine. You know Does Zepecki know he's on TV today? You, all your guests. He, he looks like he just hot. crawled off a beach. He's oh, very yeah. underdressed today. <laughs> all right. Now, in his That's favorite, he's on, vaca- he's on vacation. He's on vacation, so he can dress like that. Steve Scafidi next on WTMJ. There's nothing our nations can't achieve if we do it together. I really mean it. So thank you all. God bless you all. Let's go. Let's go lick the world. Let's get it done.